podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. Well, it finished Man City 2, Forest nil at the Etihad as the Reds went down against the Premier League champions on an afternoon which potentially could have turned ugly after 15 minutes of the game, but Forest were resolute in their performance. City went down to 10 men when Rodri was sent off early in the second half after a clash with Morgan Gibbs-White. And in that second half, Forrest did take the game to City, pinned them back, had more shots on target than them as well, but couldn't get the goal and, and couldn't quite get themselves back into the game. And 2-0, it finished in the end. But a respectable 2-0 from Forrest's point of view, as we'll, we'll go on to talk about. And it's Stephen here, and I'm joined by Ellie to have a look back over the game and go through some of the key talking points. Hello, Ellie, and welcome back. Hello. And uh, you were there as well at the Etihad. So, yeah, was it a, a good day out despite the result? It was. I think as much as a 2-0 result, obviously we don't really want to be losing 2-0, but against, and I hate to say it because usually I don't say this sort of thing, but against a team like Manchester City, away, and they are just, they are miles above the rest. They're winning this league comfortably, and I really don't want them to go on and win another Champions League. But we, we're all feeling like, oh, no, we can't sing that song anymore, can we? But no. it was actually a really good day out. The first 45 minutes, as I'm sure we'll get on to, I was thinking, oh, my God, I've really, I've travelled all this way. But ended up being a fantastic game. We showed great resilience and it made for a brilliant day out. And Manchester's a great city, to be fair, so no complaints from me. We'll start then with the Forest team news and the changes that Steve Cooper made from the Burnley match. So five in total. Forest changed their shape as well to a back three. And having played 4-2-3-1 against Burnley, this was more of a 3-5-1-1 with Matt Turner in goal, a back three of Serge Aurier, Willy Bolly and Moussa Niakate. Across the middle, Ola Aina, Nicolas Dominguez making his Forest debut, Ibrahim Sangare, Oral Mangala and Nuno Tavares. In front of them, Morgan Gibbs-White playing just behind the lone striker, Taiwo Awonyi. And then on the bench, the goalkeeper, Odysseus Lacodimos, Joe Worrell, Cecchiate, Chris Wood, hudson Adoy, and Langa, Ryan Yates, Divock Origi, and Gonzalo Montiel. Now, Ellie, when you saw that team news announced, I don't know about you, I was quite surprised with the changes that were made, certainly the number of them. Did you see that as a as a good move, given that Forrest were away at Man City, or would you have liked to have seen a bit more of what we saw against Burnley? I mean, I, and I think I speak for a lot of fans, I was quite frustrated, maybe even annoyed by the, t- I'd say annoyed, actually, I was quite annoyed, by the team news, I completely understand the change of shape. We are away, in general, being away. We know what our form has previously been like, and not just away, it's Manchester City. So we knew we we're probably going to be sitting deep a lot and just hoping to counter because 
That's what Man City do. They're a very tidy team. But I was frustrated to see Worrell and Yates both on the bench and not starting. Worrell has started this season fantastically. He has been phenomenal. He is a captain. He is, you know, he's got football in his heart and he's also just been so fantastic. He will put everything before, you know, before Forrest comes first. And we've seen that in his performances. And to see, to not reward that, I really don't understand. In my opinion, good performances are rewarded on the pitch, especially in a game like that, you know, where we're playing kind of sitting deep is the plan. I was really upset to see Worrell not on. And Yatesy as well, again, another great player. I've always been praising him last season as well. And I think for a game at Man City, he's the type of player I would have wanted to see starting. We weren't ever going to have possession, regardless of what team we have. They're just so tidy, so well-disciplined. And that's what I would say is why they're above and beyond the rest. Um, so we knew it, the only way we're going to win this is we need someone like Yatesy kicking them in the shins. You know what I mean? Causing them a bit of trouble with the physicality and the, the I don't want to say violence. That's not the correct, aggression. There's the word. There's the word I'm looking for. Not violence. Just don't condone violence. But um, um, that's who I want, would have really wanted to see because I... I back our team 100%, but we weren't going to have the possession. And Yatesy is the one that could at least break it up. But so in the first half, I think I speak for a lot of people, I was frustrated. It was feeling a lot like it was largely down to who was on the pitch. I was also surprised to see Dominguez start, not because I you know, doubt his ability, but because, blimey, I'm not being funny, but I would not be one in my first, my debut match to be away at Man City. That is just... That is just cruel. Like, <laughs> I would be absolutely petrified. But to be fair to him, as I'm sure we'll go on to speak about, he had a good game. But I was, again, surprised to see that and thought, oh, this could be rough. This could be a very rough game for him. So I was actually, I don't often get upset at the lineups, but I was really upset not to see Warren and Yates here. Surprised to see Dominguez, but ended up paying off. I thought it was a surprise in particular, Ryan Yates not being in there because it did feel like the right kind of game for him to to play and, and compete as he does in that midfield for Forrest. It felt like Forrest were going to need that. But as it turns out, we didn't have Yates on the pitch. And in the opening few minutes, it became clear that Man City were out and passing the ball as they do and, and holding on to it so comfortably and, and Forrest were very much on the back foot and sat in. And it was what, seven minutes when the, the first goal came and it was a, it was a great move actually to, to give City credit. Rodri picked Carl Walker out with a diagonal ball. Walker, who's in the penalty box at this moment, taps it back for Phil Foden, who hammers it first time past Matt Turner there's nothing you can do about that. I did see some people complaining about the defending. I think Tavares might have left Kyle Walker unmarked, but I think sometimes you've got to look at the opposition and say, fair play to you, that was a superb goal. And this was just one of those, I don't know about you, Eddie, where I just thought, what can you do? It's Man City and they will just score goals like this against anyone. See, I agree with you to an extent in terms of, 
it was a superb goal. It really was. It was a beautiful bit of play and a fantastic finish. And for the most part, there isn't very little you can do about that. When you're that creative, that well-disciplined as a team, it really showed. But I do feel like, for me, what was missing is the the aggression. I wanted to see... All right, okay, not literally. I want to see some ankles broken. But to cause them a few issues in terms of, okay, yeah, they're super creative. They, It was a brilliant pass. It was a brilliant finish. But stay on your man and get a bit physical. You know, don't literally get yourself fouled. That's stupid. But annoy them. Get in their face. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a sec. But what happened in the second half, I think, to be fair to Morgan Gibbs-White, he thought, you know what, Yates is in here. Let me step up and cause them some problems. A fair play to Gibbs-White. But we needed a bit of that. And it felt to me for the first 14 minutes, and we'll go on to the second goal, we just lacked that fight, that, that you know, where people like Worrell and Yates will have it in their heart to, I will throw myself around to make sure that I'm causing you a problem. I might not be the most skillful or most technical player. I might not have the discipline you do, but I'm going to find a way to cause you some sort of trouble and issues however I can. And that's what was so frustrating for a lot of fans watching. We're like, and knowing that we had two players on the bench who will cause those sorts of issues, who might maybe switch off for a minute. And to be fair, Worrell hasn't. We'll give him credit. He's been fantastic. But who will cause those problems was really frustrating to see. But it was a superb goal. Finished fantastic. And you've got to give credit where it's due. Did Forest show City too much respect in that first half, particularly in those opening 15 minutes? Absolutely. They are a, a, a ridiculous side and seeing it live is just like, oh, no one's got a chance compared to them, genuinely. And I hate it, but it's true. But we did. We're, we're good. We're, we could play different football to them. They've got their football that they have like, they've like maxed out football. I feel like it's some of the best football we're ever going to see. It's incredible. So tidy, so disciplined. They're so calm and collected. Well, they were for the first part of 45 minutes. And, um, you know, it's so hard to do anything about and they will press and they will push, but they're so, every player knows where they need to be. And that's what showed. It was insane, the communication in that team to watch. But I think Forrest, we need to realise we're not going to play their football. That's not going to happen. We're going to play a different type of football. And sometimes it does call for a little bit of aggression cause them issues in a different type of way. Try and be as tidy and as disciplined as we can because we know that we can be and we've got brilliant, creative players going forward. We've got pace. We just need to counter and expect more of ourselves. It did feel like we were respecting them too much. We had more to give and we saw that in the second half. Before that, though, Forrest went 2-0 down and City doubled their lead on 14 minutes and it was a it was another nice move the ball was worked out to the right hand side and it was Nunez out on that right hand side he crossed the ball and Erling Haaland there in the middle of the penalty area powered the header past Matt Turner now looking at the goal I think there was a bit of confusion between Aurier and Bolly it looked like Bolly thought he had Haaland at first and then Aurier thought he had him. In the end, neither of them did. And Haaland was left with an easy task to to put the ball in the net. And I don't know, I think this is this might be an issue that we've got with 
playing Serge Aurier as a centre-half. I think you do lose that aerial prowess. And I also think as well, because he's not playing centre-half regularly, he's almost not aware of the the threats and dangers that centre-halves are going to be aware of. It's, it's different to playing at right-back, and I think that was an example of it there. I think, yeah, there are a lot of things going on there that were a little bit questionable, but teams like Man City will, you know, they will punish you for the most part for any sort of mistake at all. Um, the, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the communication, I guess, because of the changes that were made and, you know, dropping players straight in, it wasn't quite there. And a player like Harland, again, credit where it's due, oh my gosh, how, how must it feel to be marking Harland? He is a scary man. I, they did a decent enough job for the most part, uh, but unfortunately did get punished there. I think it's also worth mentioning starting Nuno Tavares was, I think a lot of people might have been unhappy with it based on, you know, he, we've not seen much of him yet. He's not known to be this incredible player, you know. There's talent there, certainly, but we've seen him have his wobbles. But I think I was happy to see him start because I was, and this is going to be hilarious as we'll talk about later, I really didn't want to see Montiel start. I think he struggled previous matches. I think everyone will agree with me. He had poor performances and um, I was like, oh, no take him off, let him sort himself out and come on again. And so from the perspective of based on performance in that regard, it was the right move, but Tavares did struggle. I think he didn't have his best game. That doesn't mean to say that he won't because we've seen a bit of him. I think he's actually done quite well when he's come on, but unfortunately it wasn't his day. But against teams like Man City, is it, you know, it's it's not like you're messing up against a we're not an easier team, but there are certainly easier teams mm. to face. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I completely agree with you. Mistake, there, there was that lack of communication there. I think we all prefer Serge Aurier as a right back. I can see the logic. I can understand why Cooper did it. But it, it he had a tough job. And there are a couple of times throughout the match that fortunately weren't punished, where you could see Bolly and Aurier communicated like you you me who who's going you know sort of where you could see where teams like man city they don't even need to question they're just there they're on it and it makes such a difference but they had a hard task and for the most part they did a decent enough job so forest were two nil down inside the opening 15 minutes and at this point it, it looked very much like another long afternoon and potentially a repeat of the six nil drubbing that Forrest received at Man City last season. But Forrest actually dug in and showed resilience after that second goal went in. And they they had a few opportunities. There was a break where Tyro Wanyi got away. He was pulled down by a Kanji. And then from the resulting free kick, Morgan Gibbs-White's effort was blocked and, and went wide for a corner. And then... After that, Nuno Tavares, he went down off the ball with what looks like might be a groin strain. And he carried on for a little bit, which which did seem a bit odd. And I know on Radio Nottingham, they, they were a little bit perplexed by that. Yeah. Um, 
but he was replaced ultimately by Gonzalo Montiel five minutes before the break. And that saw Olorina moving across to left back and Montiel going over to right back or the right wing back position. Um, but that, after that, really the, the, the first half sort of petered out and, and it finished 2-0 to Man City at the break. Now, it's in the second half when the action really starts and within 30 seconds of that restart, it was all kicking off. We had Morgan Gibbs-White and Rodri in the corner, right by the Forest fans, actually. Um, Rodri had the ball. Gibbs-White was chasing him down and harrying him in possession. Gibbs-White put in a, an aggressive challenge, but I think a fair one in the circumstances. And Rodri retaliated, shoving Gibbs White and putting his hands around his neck. It looked like he did it twice, actually, Rodri. Um, And then Gibbs White goes down and it's an immediate red card shown to Rodri. And it did go to a VAR check. Not not entirely sure why, to be honest, because it it did seem clear cut. Um, But the red card was upheld anyway after that VAR check. And Man City... We're down to 10 men. What was your view on this, Ali? Was it right in front of where you were sat? And Yeah, right there. I mean, it did not need to go to VAR. It was clear cut. I mean, for for what reason? I don't know. But we knew when it went to VAR, it was going to be a red card. There is no way that it couldn't be a straight red. I'm just absolutely baffled as to what reason he did it. it was there like some, you know, chat earlier on? Was there a bit of oh, some comments made? Because it was, we it didn't seem like a dirty game. It didn't seem like there was much aggression whatsoever, especially on our part. Like I kind of mentioned, I was felt like we lacked that fight compared to usual. And so, like this was kind of one of the first times where there did seem to be a bit of like a bit of physicality, and it just snapped. And it was like, where, where has that come from? Especially so early on. I mean. It was so stupid from Rodri, but I'm really glad he did it. No offence. Like, I know I shouldn't say that, but I'm so glad he did. Like, down to 10 men gave us a bit of a a boost after that. Like, oh, let's go, you know. And, like, and the whole of the team, again, I don't know what's happened. Something must have been said. I don't know. Because the whole team, Man City, that is, sorry, seemed a bit, like, riled up and a bit shaky after that that sort of that discipline that they are so well known for that tidiness that they have was out the window they were like they were getting angry played they were arguing amongst themselves and in that we stepped up and we really we shook them they were shaken and Ola Aina was making some fantastic ones what a player he is by the way and you could see um I'm having arguments pointing at Aina like what are we going to do about him you could see them having the conversation and it was brilliant to watch like five to ten minutes. I was like, gosh, they've like they've lost their heads. I've not seen this before from Man City. It was, I mean, obviously, violent conduct is not good. However, I personally I'm glad he decided to do it. It was really stupid, really unnecessary, but thank you, thank you, to be honest. Thank you. <laughs> Well done, Gibbs White. And I know a lot of people laugh at the way he went down, but he saved himself from getting in too much trouble and retaliating back. 
let their hands go around the net the first time, stood his ground for a bit and went down on the second time, as he should, you know, you know what they can be like. If you're not on the floor, they might not give it you. Yeah. So he did the right thing to throw himself on the floor, but it was blatantly violent contact. So, yeah, chaos. Don't know where it came from. Really glad it happened, though. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Man City. Thank you, Roger. So now Man City were down to 10 men and they did retreat and, and sit a bit deeper and actually looks very un-Man City in, in doing that. And I think that was a tactical plan from Pep. I think he knows what Forrest's strengths are and how we like to catch teams higher up the pitch, turn them over and, and counter-attack. So he denied Forrest the opportunity to do that. But Forrest did still take the game to City in that second half and and try and work openings and create opportunities. Uh, 56 minutes, Forrest did make two changes. So Cooper replaced Sangare and Aurier with Anthony Alanga and Callum Hudson-Odoi. So that was a sign that Cooper was going for it. The game, as you mentioned, Ellie, did continue to have some edge to it as well. There was a, a moment with a one-year in Edison where they butted heads and, and had a coming together after a one-year challenged. Uh, a a one-year had an effort where he was through but lifted the ball wide and there was a collision between him and Edison uh, and a little bit of a flashpoint there. A uh, couple of chances for Forrest. Oral Mangala had a, a half volley from uh, Montiel's pullback, but that went mm-hmm. went just over the bar. And the big chance for Forrest, and one which was really well created, was the the Antelier Langer volley at the back post. It gives White's ball to him. is It's a lovely dink from the centre of the sort of the D. It finds a Langer at the back post. He hits it first time, and it's a brilliant save from Edison, isn't it? Oh, my God, yeah. Really annoyed about it, but what a save. I mean, it was quite like, from like our perspective, it was frustrating because like, oh, we've, we've broken them up. We've made this fantastic chance. What a strike. Oh, my God, they've still got this brilliant goalkeeper that will make worldies like that. You, like, it's like you overcome one obstruction and just another one. And it's like, oh, my. But what a save. What It was a great strike as well. What a strike. What a save. What a brilliant piece of football from you know nearly everyone involved and you know the second half was ours it was the game had turned entirely on its head like I mentioned those five to ten minutes where there was just an edge where Man City I mean Man City generally they go back to ten men and they're fine they're they're still composed they know what they need to do and yeah they might have to sit back a bit more compared to usual because you know there's only ten of them but usually They've still got that discipline that I've spoken so much about, the discipline, that communication. Everyone knows where they need to be, what they need to do. But they didn't have that for five to ten minutes. They were not all over the shop, but by Man City standards, they were a bit all over the shop. And we were really dominating. There were so many chances. And unfortunately, none of them resulted in a goal. The stats reflect how many chances we had. I don't think the highlights do, but they should. But we know what they're... (laughs) big six buys can be like. But it was a game of two halves. I think Morgan Gibbs-White has had a rough start to the season and that doesn't mean he's not a brilliant player. We all back him. But in the second half, he turned up. I'll give him that. In the first half, I was getting frustrated, but he had a great second half. He showed us, again, what he can do and we know what he can do. 
every player stepped up. And one player I'm going to mention as well, Montiel. Mm. I was really quite harsh on him after Burnley. And I was a bit upset by, you know, having him start. And I didn't think he'd been performing very well. So I thought it was a bit unfair to start him. I, I For me, it's good performance equals start. Bad performance, drop. I know that's really basic, but for me, that's how it needs to be unless there's injuries or other things. Um, and he did struggle. And to, what I will say, firstly, he did have a brilliant game. He was much tidier, gave the ball away hardly at all. I can't really think of a time where he gave the ball away, actually. He had a brilliant game when he came on and made such a difference. And also, to that mentality after having what was really a really bad performance, if we're honest, a really poor performance, to switch it on its head like that and have such a brilliant game in such in such a short turnaround is just shows fantastic mentality, fantastic resilience. So credit where it's due. But the second half was ours. It was we were doing so well. We're making so many chances. We had so much more possession and. Unfortunately, we didn't get the goal in the end, but we should by no means feel deflated by that. We showed fantastic resilience. Everyone started playing, and I loved as well, as you've kind of looked at Cooper's changes that he made, and I'm sure we'll mention, I just loved that he thought, you know what, let's score. Let's just go. Why not? Let's just throw all the forward players on. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it can go one of two ways. You could end up conceding another five. But I think you're 2-0 down. We haven't scored yet. What is there to lose? I love that mentality from a manager. And it just makes for so much more exciting football. So there's a lot to be happy about in that second half. And just very impressed with the players' resilience. Let's just do some housekeeping and wrap up that second half then. So... Uh, Diva Karigi and Chris Wood came on for Ina and Awanyi with 15 minutes to go as Cooper chucked all the strikers on and neither of them really had much of an impact, but the intent certainly was there. Harlan missed a, a good opportunity to make it 3-0 City. They broke on Forest, and the ball came to Harland. He was at full stretch in front of goal, but you do expect a player of his ability to stick it away. He didn't, and it was still 2-0. Forest continued to press City and the final chance that they had really was a an effort from Willie Bolly, a shot from outside the area, which was quite comfortably saved by Edison. And 2-0 it finished, but despite the results, I think plenty of positives for Forest to take from it. The fact that they didn't capitulate at 2-0 and the fact that they actually had Man City camped on the edge of their own penalty area for most of that second half on their own pitch as well, certainly is not to be sniffed at. So yes, I think more positives for Forrest and another one of these difficult away games out the way without too much damage taken. Two goals here and one goal at Arsenal, a goal difference at Man United, for example. So you can see signs of progression in this Forest team already from where they were last season. And, This difficult run of away fixtures, I think, has also shown that the way that they've handled it and and the performances that they've put in. In the post-match interview, Steve Cooper said he wasn't best pleased with that first half display, particularly early on. But it seemed like those half-time words that he gave his players 
really have that effect. And there was more aggression. There was more belief. And I think as well, more ability. They were holding on to the ball better and trying to do more with it in that second half. And obviously the Rodri red card helps, but Forrest still had to go and do something about it, didn't they? And they, mm. on that second half, they were, they were on top. I think they were braver, which showed. I think I would have liked to see even more bravery, but that we certainly stepped up with, like, say, the aggression, being brave. Like, Ola Aina started making some runs, which was fantastic. And a great player. I think he is going to be sensational this season. Mm. And it really showed. It was whatever Cooper said was really changed even before I mean I know he went off very early but we looked different from the get-go of that first half compared to before and it was really nice to see really exciting and like you say this time last season we I think after we got six points in 11 games and we've had we got seven points in six with some of the most difficult like teams to face as well away days as well so it's not to be disheartened I think we yeah Man City were down to 10 men but even so they're a fantastic side and we scared them we shook them we really shook them so there's a lot to take away from this game a lot to be excited about and I think we've learned a lot as a team definitely from that game even just from the first half way they stepped up was incredible. So I'm very excited to see what comes from this. Plenty of positives, definitely. And I thought another positive as well was Nicolas Dominguez making his debut in the Forest midfield. I thought he put in quite a tidy performance, actually, and looked very decent. Yeah, tidy is definitely the word for it. I think, understandably, a lot of the time balls were given away quite cheaply. A lot of scrappy turnovers or giving possession away but he he was quite tidy he kind of helped us maintain possession where otherwise we were oftentimes giving it away and we did play a lot of football in that second half which was even in the first half any chances we did have I think calling it football was maybe a bit generous it was kind of mixture of luck and a one year you know so in the second half, we were playing some really exciting football. I'm like, oh, which team's Man City? It's starting to look like us, you know? And he was he was involved in that, keeping possession, very, very tidy, playing the simple passes when it was needed. And I think against Man City, debut, fair play, fair play. So excited to see more from him as well. Definitely. So just before we wrap up with this game, let's hear the view from the opposition now. And we're joined by Michael from the Perth de la Prem podcast. Hi, this is Mike from the Perth de la Prem Premier League podcast. Uh, Man City fan here. Obviously delighted that City continued their unbeaten start to the season. I think, you know, one thing that City do well, um, you know, when they start fast, they kill the game off. And I think those two early goals probably took the sting out of the game and, and till they're sending off. I think it was uh, two really good pieces of play for the goals. You know, Walker found Foden. He, he lost the fullback there. I think it was Tavares. Um, and then Haaland, as he usually does, scores. I think, you know, unfortunately from a Forest perspective, Haaland had far too much space and time. And look, when he does, we all know he usually converts. I was a little bit surprised from a Forest perspective that one of Alanga or Hudson-Odoi didn't start. You know, I thought they looked really good against Burley, Burnley. 
with their directness and pace. And obviously, you know, Hudson Odoi scored a great goal in his debut. Um, you know, it was Alanga in the end who created a really good chance for a one year late in the second half. And, you know, I thought he caused a lot of problems coming on with his pace and, and directness, you know, forcing Edison into a couple of saves. I think he just created a few problems that maybe, you know, Edison hadn't been asked earlier in the game. You know, just on the sending off, um, you know, of course it did change the game, like I said before. Forrest were then able to, you know, start creating more chances and, and be a little bit more on the front foot. I think, you know, from our perspective, uh, it was quite reckless by Rodri. You know, the second you put your hands on an opposition player, you leave yourself massively open and the red was, there's no, there's no debate. It was, it was deserved. Extremely careless and, you know, Pep Guardiola is fuming with it as well. Um, and rightly so. Rodri has been asking for a bit of a rest lately and he, he did quite literally take it into his own hands. Um, you know, it did turn out to be quite a cagey affair at points and it's not really like City to lose their heads like that. Um, and who knows what would have happened if City had remained with 11 men. But I think one thing is for sure, this is definitely a different Forest side to the one who came to the Etihad last season. The 1865 Match Report. For the 2023-24 season, 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is sponsored by Green King Sports, where football is more than the game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised Forest fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. They've just launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be the home of fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know all about this. You'll be helping us out at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast as well. Now, back to your podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Thanks, Michael, for the opposition view there. So next up for Forest, it's a home game back at the city ground next Sunday, a 2 PM kickoff against Brentford. Now Brentford are a team, Ellie, that Forrest have struggled against in recent years. And last season's game at the city ground was one of, one of the most memorable of the season and one of the most controversial. Hopefully we won't get quite as much drama like that this time around, but how do you see this one going and, and what do you want to see from Forrest after what happened at Man City, what do you want to see them do against Brentford? I'm, I would like to see second half performances from Man City at Man City. Sorry, brought into Brentford, which I'm sure will be the case. I think the reason for the first half performance was it's Man City. I think they're a bit, like you said, they too much respect, which hopefully we won't give to Brentford. And we're at home. Um, I'd like to see a change of formation but I think we all expect that we're at home um, I'm expecting to see a 4-2-3-1 again sort of thing um, and I, I'm very confident actually Brentford are a good side they're not to be looked down on just because they're not one of the, the big teams they play some good football um, it won't be easy by any means but I think we have so much talent in our squad that it's a game that we can really get some goals in and get take home three points. I think I'm very confident. There's so much to see from. I, I'm not sure who will play. To be honest, I'm I'm intrigued by Cooper's thought process. Now I don't know who he'll start. 
based on, I mean, actually, one thing I'm sure Montiel will start, Montiel and Aina, because he came on fantastic. I would like to see that. Um, but I'm not sure. He, I've been a bit confused by his choices previously, but he clearly knows what he's doing. But I'm assuming it will be a 4-2-3-1. And lots more confidence in our attacking ability. So hopefully a lot of goals to come as well. Fingers crossed, yeah. And I wonder if we will see Warrell and Yates return potentially mm-hmm. for for this one. Um, and certainly hudson Adoy and Alanga at the moment are looking really lively whenever they're mm-hmm. coming off the bench or starting as they did against Burnley. So I I think we might see those two start and, and Forrest looking to take the game to Brentford and, and try and get in front. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying the link-up that we're seeing between the likes of Gibbs, White, Alanga, hudson Adoy, and, and Awanyi so far. I think that's Forrest's best route to scoring goals at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, for an opposition team, there's a lot to be scared of. I mean, previously it has been like, either, you know, Mark out Johnson, mark him out of the game and then, and then what? Or recently mark out of one year and then what are you going to do? But we've got a lot of attacking ability, a lot of pacey players, a lot of creativity, a lot of trouble to be caused. So you can't just think like that. And I think I think you're right. I think that's probably what we'll go with. As for Warren and Yates, I'm not sure because if I was going to see them play, I'd have expected it to be at away games. Um, but I'm always team start Warren and Yates, regardless, to be fair. Is that a bias? I don't know, but I just think they bring so much heart and fight, which is actually much more important than people realise. And so I I personally would like to see them start. Will they? I don't think so. But like you say, there's a lot to be scared of. A lot of players that are causing problems. And I think with more games and more getting used to who's our starting lineup who plays what, what each role, individual player's role is and the link-ups, we're going to be a real force to be reckoned with, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> a lot of these and it's really exciting. I have a lot of faith in this squad and we're all, I think as well, we can feel it, we're expecting mid-table prem. We're not, we're not looking at a relegation battle with this squad and these performances. Mid-table, it's Looking very bright and we're almost becoming complacent. We're going to teams that away and going, yeah, we're going to win or we could win, you know. What are you doing? Not scoring a goal. So there's a, it's looking very bright for Forrest and I think I'm, I'm going to go for a prediction of about, I'm going to say 2-0 to us. I'm going to go with a one and Ilanga to score in that order. There we go. You heard it here first. And I think that's a, a good point to leave it on there. So thank you, Ellie. And let's hope that your prediction comes true next <laughs> weekend for Forest Brentford. Thank you to Michael as well from the Perth de la Prem podcast for providing the opposition view. And thank you to you as well, listener, for joining us for this match report. We'll have our next match report with you following the Brentford game next Sunday. So don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you with our match report after Brentford.
Social Podcast Network.